We have a wonderful, amazing special guest today. It's Ezra Fox. Hello, Ezra. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Good. I, 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 this is a, this cold open today is just between you and me because for once, oh. for once, oh. I have a, another, well, I mean, EJ is also a dad sometimes, but I have another dad here. I have another parent that, which Hunter Ooh. has no oh, capability of relating to. What, yeah. I, okay. Actually, I, I will so shut up. here's the thing I want to know. So Ezra, you are a part of a, another show with Hunter called uh, Read It and Weep. Uh, that is also no, it's called Best, Best thing, thing Ever now, now but, but in the past. It's called yeah. Best Thing Ever. But this We've is, rebranded. Sure. But this is to my point yes. is you used to be on Read It and Weep. And then you did this thing, I believe, where you had kids and you were like, I should stop podcasting for a little bit that's an interesting choice that i want to i'm just i wanted to pick your brain on how much happier you were for that choice oh well i mean i was sadder in my life overall because my life had just exploded it was like someone put everything that was important uh in my life and lit it on fire and i could save a couple things from it and the podcast was not one of those things i chose to save um at that time and so i, I swapped in you know there, there was amazing like you know guests there was like okay now i got a, a regular host to you know fill my spot yeah. and then later you know several years down the line i was like okay i think i think i know which way is up now i will go yeah. back to podcasting uh but it definitely took several years yeah uh, so is that not did you not take a, a that hasn't a, been my a, a experience but i wonder if hunter would be chill if maybe i started to do that i wonder how you hunter just, would feel you were gone for several years uh i think <laughs> yeah, I think there would be some issues like with what I would do with my life. Here's the thing, Matt. You have you have technically you have one child, yes, uh -huh. like biologically, but I would say you have two children and the other one is right here. Yeah. And if you go away, I you've you've we've talked about this before, but you've cornered me. Yeah. All right. I consider this on some level financial abuse, okay? <laughs> because I'm not learning any useful skills. I don't know anything about the world. I'm 33 and I can't turn yeah. back. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, Matt, this happens a lot actually with the first child. Sometimes that's like the mess up pancake. And uh -huh. so, like, you didn't really teach Hunter the skills maybe he needed along the way. And so, you do have to kind of wean him off of that. You can't just go cold turkey. Let's go. Welcome to the oh, old man, the train came in right at the perfect moment there. It was like, welcome Wait, train breaks or something. <laughs> I heard the loudest New York. Yeah, you're right. It was, it, I thought I sometimes I'm like, they can't hear that. That's not that's not me. It was it like a there. dog whistle. So we definitely <laughs> I'm not going to do a second take. It's, you know what it is. I don't care. It, shows don't need intros, all right? <laughs> Especially this show. We we set out with a goal, which was to have a show that could generate zero new listeners on a weekly basis. <laughs> this show exists for a number of people that I can name uh -huh. by name, all right? One of them's me, okay? <laughs> One of them's me. Today we're talking about Grim Fandango. Uh, it's an old LucasArts adventure classic by Tim Schafer. Uh, I'm so stoked to be doing this as part of our 90s uh, season. This is one of our many games from 1998, perhaps the most stacked year of all time for video games. Yeah. Uh, Matt, did you did you forget the name of the season? Because I want I want to make sure that Ezra uh, has heard the sure. new name of this season. This season's called now. That's what I call 90s PC. <laughs> it's very good. Beautiful. 
Uh, so we all, I believe, all replayed Grim Fandango within recent memory. I had never played it. Who has everyone else played Grim Fandango at previous points in their life? Yeah, uh, I've tooled with it. Mm. I tooled in the first year uh, when I was younger. Actually, twice. Uh, I remember there was uh, an E3 where for at the Sony conference, uh, which was it was very hilarious. They were like, "Hey, guess what? For the PlayStation Three, we've got." Grim Fandango remastered, <laughs> and I'm like, what? 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 Okay, that's great. I mean, I'm excited, but I did not expect to receive this news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, I remember I played the first year at that time, and I, you know, I, I struggle with games like this because I feel like they do require a lot of uh, your attention right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recognize that it was funny, that it was interesting, that it had a great premise and good characters. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for like chicken wheel logic yeah, right now, right. you know? And in fact, there's definitely some early on in Grim Fandango, I think there is uh, almost a chicken wheel reference. I feel like there's like, there's a part where you get some coral and you have to tie it to a rope and then use that. And I almost feel like it's like, this is as chicken wheel yeah. as it gets. Cause it's literally, <laughs> we're calling it coral for some reason. I'm not really sure why, yeah, but yeah. that's, that's my hist. That's all I got as far as history. Oh man. I'm, I'm definitely at a different point of view. So, okay. So I, I mean, I, uh, am deep into Lucas arts, sure. uh, generally. So, so I, I think I'm on the show, you know, because, you know, Hunter, I know you, but also because of nepotism. <laughs> in that, like, oh yeah. My, my, my dad was an early employee at, at LucasArts. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and so like I was, this is like, this is my childhood very much playing these games. I think by the time Grim Pandango came out, I had played all the LucasArts games for sure. And this is sort of like, we knew this is kind of like, kind of the end basically mm-hmm. of like what of this as it was. And so this is like, you know, it's like, this felt like, like a last like song, song, like swan song basically for this uh, genre that I loved so much. And so, I played this very deeply. This is like 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember just playing, there's like a, a demo that was pretty much part of that, like, you know, coral and like a uh, early puzzle that I just remember playing again and again before it came out. Um, and so I, there's a lot of puzzles. I still can remember very, very well from the whole thing. I got through, I think almost all the way through with my son on this playthrough. Um, uh, I think towards the end of uh, year three, basically. That's uh, awesome. Like I, I know, I know all the way through uh, like re- real, real well. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of the LucasArts games I could just kind of play without actually having to remember any of the bits. It's just, uh-huh. it's all there kind of like right. muscle memory pretty yeah. much. How old were you when you first, when, when Grim Fandango was released? Okay. So I was 13. And then your son is uh, what that just played it with you? Oh, he, he's eight. So it's okay. a little early, but little I, was early. Playing, I was like, I was playing LucasArts games while I was eight. So sure. like, this is still good. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in the spot, but yeah, this is a fun, I mean, this felt like a cool thing to be playing as a 13 year old. Like I wasn't aware of like, noir stuff in the same way oh, uh yeah. until then i'm guessing so like this is like there's some cool cool st- i felt i felt i was not cool but i felt very cool playing <laughs> Fandango as a 13 year old yeah i'm very excited because today we get to uh take advantage of a bit of your nepotism uh by having a small chat with tim schaefer a bit later so thank you for just like letting us kind of take advantage of that that's really that's really great for us <laughs> yeah i mean so it because it the show it's really easy actually to, to be a guest on the show all you have to do is like no hunter personally all right uh, already be podcasting have deep history with this and then also get a really good guest as well to bring along so yeah it's, it's really, really easy, easy everyone if you think about it yeah anyone can do it yeah, you're really pointing out that the case that you've made for getting on this show is a little bit above and beyond. I'm not really sure. Surely one of those things should have been enough, but you've brought all three. 
to the table this week. It's insane. I mean, what are you going to see? The next person who shows up, they'll, they'll bring Kojima on and they'll be like, they'll be like hey, that's, that's, that's how you do it. We brought Today we brought on Daniel Kojima. Uh, this, this <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so, so yeah, you, you also pointed out this was Grim Fandango was kind of the last hurrah of the LucasArts stuff. Uh, obviously, and and also maybe even especially, I don't know. Did it I, I, to me? It seems like there definitely was a uh, a dead period of adventure games for like all of the early two thousands, basically. Yeah, was that anticipated? That's my question. I mean, I think sales were definitely dropping. I think like with with like like Lucas Arts being kind of, I feel like at the time, kind of like a Pixar of this. Uh, you know, I guess also I think the the basis of Pixar as well. Um, yeah, in yeah. some ways. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, like that that it was kind of like this. This was the thing that was pumping out the best of this version. I think at least, you know, that was my that was how I saw it. And so when this was kind of going down, it's like, okay, well, I don't know where else it's going to be living for a while. And there was a couple other um I think like good examples of it um mm-hmm. that I kind of remember like in the early two thousands. Um uh but like it was not really like the genre was not happening anymore. It didn't like in part because it was I think the rise of uh of consoles as well and that like yeah. it just there was not really a way to do it uh in a way that that was 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 working so yeah yeah that's true right um, yeah so let's talk about what grim fandango actually is then yeah um, what is because it there's some important notes about it right where uh for most of the things before this you're you're looking at i mean we've done secret of monkey island on the show you know your 2d thing you got like a list of words to interact with things but grim fandango was essentially the first 3d graphics take on this and how can how can the adventure game sort of change without leaving behind the general language of like i'm going to interact with a bunch of items and make them interact with each other to then solve puzzles Mm -hmm. or whatever but yeah i think this one was super notable to me of like that spatial reasoning like you're clicking around a screen on a monkey island game right this one is a lot more of that like I don't know, Final Fantasy or other RPG style of like, let me wander around the environment and just like mm-hmm. try to interact with every single thing. But I have to like physically, I can't just, it's not point and click. I have to wander around and like bump into stuff and see if uh, Manny responds to that thing or whatever. Yeah, Matt, I wanted to ask you, did you pay? Did you play with uh, tank controls or did you play like clicking around? Or I guess you played it on the Steam Deck, huh? So you I, didn't really have a choice. Well, I played it on the Steam Deck. You can still choose between tank and, and non-tank. And I kept wanting to switch to tank and trying it. And then I just didn't stick with it. I was... But like both are a little finicky in their own respects, right? Oh, yeah. So like because I mean, every time you cross a screen threshold with new... Like tank is the right option, right? Tank controls... Are yeah, the ones is... that work, you just have to like think about being in the 90s again, which I'm not very good at. <laughs> right. Well, for those of you that don't know what tank controls are, yeah. tank controls are like when you are sort of driving the character as if it were a tank. Um, and the, no matter the camera's perspective, uh, forward is always forward from the character's perspective, not the player, yeah. which can get really confusing uh, spatially. Yeah. Um, I really like tank controls for Grim Fandango because I just like tank controls. Sure. Um, I think it's more immersive because to me it feels a little bit like there's my opinion of how things are set up. And then there is, you know, Manny's opinion. And Manny kind of trumps me. At the end of the day, I might see things one way. Manny, I push a certain direction. Manny's going to be like, nah, 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 nah. That's not actually... 
how we're doing this. Yeah. And then, so there's a, a bit more, I think it's immersive in that I think the player and the character negotiate together <laughs> and decide, listen, it's good, is what I'm trying to say. Take controls are actually good. Uh, people talk way too much smack on them. And uh, I turned on tank controls for this and, and never looked back. And I had a lot of fun. And there were a lot of moments where the camera would change and I would be going the wrong direction. But that's the thing is, we just got confused, the but, two of us. But as long know? as you're going forward, you're going the right, like you, you get to maintain your path. The problem is sure. when you screen transition and up suddenly becomes down and then you're like hopping back and forth between the two yeah. screens or whatever, yeah. which they, they sort of solve for a little bit. But there's... There's the occasional thing of that. I mean, to, to your credit, Hunter, there's an achievement that you can get. Like in the remastered edition when they released it, there's a specific thing where it's like Tim wants you to play tank controls and you get an achievement uh, if you play the whole game in tank controls. See, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was tank all the way or nothing. I, there's, um okay, so on the remastered, uh, there's, you know, a commentary you can turn on mm -hmm. and i think at one point tim talks about like his you know why he was arguing for tank controls because it's like yeah like you're saying hunter it's much more uh immersive you're, you know it, you're taking from the perspective and he says like you know just goes to show you you can make very good arguments and be very very wrong <laughs> um, <so> <laughs> <laughs> things yeah, can, I mean, if we're things talking can make these... theoretical sense and still feel really <laughs> oh, bad absolutely <laughs> absolutely i mean i think it's like at the end of the day do I want a game to to feel weird but give me like a strange moment in my mind or I, do I want it to just be easy to play? Because if, if I just want it to be easy to play, I don't know, I could just like play around in like soft, like I could play, uh, I could play with a Google spreadsheet if it's just, just about ease. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To me, the the grit, the grime, the the removal is what I'm looking for in a, in a game. Right. Um, and especially with a LucasArts game, uh, all of the the moon logic, I feel like it kind of goes like more together. You yeah. know that it be there's a little bit of confusion with how you control your character, and then also like you know here's this handful of items and connect the dots, dummy, and then like <laughs> and you do you do because it's designed so tightly, right? Mm -hmm. There's only mm -hmm. so many options or so many things you can interact with. So even if I hand you like a set of very weird tools that make no sense you're going to eventually put them in the right place because what? There's like five places for them to go, right? right? You're going to get it right. eventually. Well, no, I, and I think also the way, you know, Grim Pendigo's laid out, right? It's not the same uh, inventory uh, system where it's like, you know, Monkey Island, it's all laid out, right? There's a whole yes. big, you know, like lots of grid. And this is like, you kind of scroll through one at a time. And there's, as, I think as a result, knowing that'd be really kind of onerous, there are a lot fewer items comparatively. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Think, right. And, the, and you also, there's like kind of usually like a, a purge as well of the items that come up. So just, you don't right. have as many uh, options uh, a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's a little kind in that way. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, especially compared to like Monkey Island that we talked about on the show, it's also items are generally immediately relevant yeah. as opposed to like, we're going to need you to remember this for like a few screens. If I feel yeah. like if Grim Fandango hands me something, I'm probably in the area where I need to use it already. Yeah, to a, to a certain extent, yeah. I would say. Let's talk about sort of the structure uh, and, and plot about it, because I think it's going to speak to that point, which is to yeah. say Grim Fandango is uh, artistically so cool. It's it's about the land of the dead, and each, uh, each phase, is, there's four acts to the game, and each one is uh, the day of the dead, a year apart so you play through four years but you're only playing one day at a time one day. Yeah. uh within each of those and you are 
<laughs> it I feel like this game mostly was like we want to be as many references to movies and things as we possibly can so it's like there's like you know like you're an inch you're a travel agent in the first act but it also feels like a detective thing uh mm -hmm. and then the second mm -hmm. one you're a casino owner and in the third one you're a ship captain and it's right. like we just hop around roles uh -huh. but it's all manny yeah. we always get to be manny uh but your your goal is um initially to figure out why you're getting all the bad clients people get travel packages to escort them into the land of the dead uh, you're sort of in a place in between and you're getting all the bad clients you just can't get anybody that's got like a good travel ticket there's a train that everybody wants to be on to get to the land of the dead and uh you're trying to investigate why that is happening and you come across this woman mercedes colomar also known as meche uh, who definitely lived a good life and should be on the express train to the afterlife and she's not and so the rest of the game is basically solving the mystery of why what's going on there's someone trying to, mm -hmm. to pull some strings uh, and it's references to Maltese Falcon on the waterfront Casablanca uh, uh, I don't know Chinatown maybe even like I don't know there's so much weird stuff that's just like mm -hmm. fun wonderful references I was trying to think earlier Ezra you said they're like the Pixar of of uh, video games or, or whatever and sort of also as the genesis point but i was trying to pinpoint like what the humor of lucas arts feels like and i realized i don't think i can't like i do think it is a holistically its own thing um because i wanted oh, to be like yeah, it's like a, is it like a is it like what other writer or creator are we kind of most basing things off of? But I don't think there is. Like, I think the humor of LucasArts is, like, distinct. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, that adventure game, like, house style. Uh, it's, you know, very, I think, like, uh, irreverent on the whole. Uh, I mean, I think one one that kind of comes to mind, I think that definitely was an influence, and I think um, it had some overlap as well, uh, would be uh, maybe Douglas Adams is, like, a good yeah. maybe touch point. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Douglas Adams uh, actually like wrote on the uh, LucasArts uh, Labyrinth game at one point. I think my dad like oh, had to like uh, work with him for a little bit. Um, yeah, there, there's a uh, it's a text based uh, you know game, and so there's one word basically that you only use ever for one puzzle, uh, and that was like a, a, a Douglas Adams like pitch because uh, it's just it's like it's a it's a it's a wild word basically. I don't remember what it was, but it's like it's only ever used for this one puzzle, and you, it's there the entire time, uh, which is a very fun joke, but maybe not actually helpful for gameplay on the whole. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that i think in these adventure games is wouldn't it be funny if this with no like care for what that means in a gameplay context it's just like wouldn't it be funny if we really messed with the player in this way uh i think right. that's even true of the older ones maybe grim fandango is a bit more like let's we just want to keep you along for the ride yeah and i think i guess maybe the way they earn that maybe irreverence and like you know just mess around with is like that this is a fundamentally safe environment right mm -hmm. where it's like there's not right. supposed to be dead ends you right. can't really die and so it's like if we you know part of the part of the teasing maybe of the player is part of the fun of it basically knowing right. that they are actually fundamentally safe yeah yeah you're right. never gonna get completely lost yeah yeah and also it the the whole design to me has this like built-in kind of water cooler aspect to it mm -hmm. where it's like i don't think that these games were designed to be played in a vacuum anyways like i think you were meant to talk like i mean if you get in a dead end i think the idea is that you're going to go talk to somebody or seek advice or seek help because i'll say this i want to defend the idea that especially to you ezra i have to defend the idea that if you if a lucasarts puzzle is taking too long i think the intention is for you to look up the solution because here's why since the puzzles are so silly 
and there's so much goof built into the world a lot of the time if you are stuck or confused and you look up the solution you'll laugh yeah yeah you still solution. get the hit you get like, the hit yeah yeah you're still like <laughs> you're still having fun with it even if someone is telling you the solution because you're like oh what because i mean if you're stuck then it must be because it's like one of the more one of the more bogus moments or yeah. one of the more like difficult to piece together for an individual and the advantage that you get there is that it's funny yeah. when you find out the thing you were supposed to do yeah like, you have to drink the gold schlager and then walk through the yeah. metal detector yeah, that's <laughs> such a good example of that because it's so you already when you show up to that you already have everything you need uh -huh. okay uh, but you might not put it together and then if someone tells you, oh, well, because it's a joke, yeah. it's a very funny joke right. now. Yeah, I, I, I like this on the whole. I mean, I think the way I, I mean, I definitely had a lot of hints, uh, you know, from, from my dad, from, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, probably maybe from Tim at some point, like, like I, I definitely like had, had, had like, and they also had like a, I think a 1-900 number, I think where you could, you know, pay for hints for sure. There's the proof. There, I mean, there it is. So there's, her, there's Hunter's point is there used to be places you could call to just like, oh, yeah. help me. <laughs> Nintendo hotline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And you have an older sibling maybe at one point, yeah. but, but I think part, it's, there's a lot of, points for joy one is just you know this is fun dialogue and just it feels fun to be in the mm -hmm. world uh you know generally you know in, in this one and, and a lot of the other lucas arts games and, and i think also though like yes there's like a, a brain teaser uh where maybe sometimes you get it sometimes you don't i don't think it really fundamentally matters that much i definitely mm -hmm. zoomed through some of the like the the later parts of the game sometimes when i was younger um because i was like you know what i i i want i want more of the story part that's what, what that's right. what i'm going for mm -hmm. uh, yeah and so like i, I would go for the cutscenes. yeah this one is especially, Grim Fandango is especially good about that element of it, where it's like, you know, the story of Secret of Monkey Island is fun, but it is also primarily jokes. Just like, what's the next ridiculous thing that can happen? And yeah, the plot yeah. is like, eh, it's stitching it together, but mostly we just want to do really, really stupid jokes. Yeah. And yeah. Grim Fandango feels a lot more like, we really properly worked out some plot threads we want to go down. Um, I think the characters of this game like every single one of them is like a top tier adventure game character um, yeah. even the weird little like the little robot guy at the bottom of the sea i love him with every fiber of my being uh i love every time he's in the game uh and i just think this game for me i i feel so much more invited into the puzzles because I want to talk to every character with every, I want to hear every character respond to every object. And like, it, it's, it's easier to solve puzzles when it's not a hassle to sort of like try every combination of thing you need to do. It's like, no, I'm getting like unique story yeah. elements every time mm -hmm. I do that. So no matter what I'm being rewarded, even if I'm not making forward progress. Yeah, and I mean, like, Glottis is, like, Glottis is definitely up there for, like, my favorite LucasArts character of all time. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to play the whole, actually, this would be a good question for you, Ezra. What is your, like, what is your pantheon of, uh, of LucasArts characters? Oh. And why is it not Glottis number one? I mean, Glottis, so just to explain <laughs> Glottis who Glottis is, is real quick before, like, to give Ezra time to think, I just want to say, so if you haven't played Grim Fandango, Honestly, you should just stop. This is one of those ones where you should stop and just play it yeah. because you can. You, it's it's the remaster is available yeah. on like every platform, and I'm not even checking. I'm just sure that's true. <laughs> um, but Glottis is a is a demon, I guess. Technically, yeah. he doesn't look like a demon, mm -hmm. like by any tradition. How do you know what a demon looks like? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, all right, it's fair. It's fair. So, so he's a demon, but he's just kind of like a he's a big like mechanic, and he likes. 
could go he really likes going fast <laughs> really fast and like building like everything he gets his hands on he wants to turn it into like a souped up like hot rod uh-huh. with like flame decals on the side and that character trait i just gave you is iterated on through the entire yeah. game like like they're like oh here's it would be funny if he turns everything into a hot rod and it's like yeah how about the game is sort of just about that actually uh <laughs> how about that is literally the most important character trait <laughs> in the entire game is that glottis do like go fast and uh-huh. like likey the hot rods <laughs> and um, the gambling <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There's the gambling, gambling, and- gambling too. Yeah, that's just a natural extension of his character, though. Yeah, like when I yeah. saw that, I was like, "Well, of, of, of course, course I understand who Glottis is at this point." Uh, and of course, that is something that he would like. But man, what a great yeah. uh, sidekick character! Um, but yeah, Ezra, what do you got for us? Uh, what's your What's your deeper top three? LucasArts characters. So in I guess one of my dad's like earlier games, uh, Zach McCracken, Alien Mindbenders, mm. like. My mom actually is a character in it, so uh, the, the 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 love interest is uh, is Annie Laris, who is it was named after my mom, which is like I feel like I'd be really weird if I don't actually name that one because that, that's <laughs> right. pretty rude. Yeah, um, kind of stuck I mean, there. Fu- uh, right. Uh, fundamentally, though, um, like I I mean I always loved Guybrush. I, th- I think like mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. Monkey Island Monkey Island Two I think was probably where I, like really like oh my god I really get it because I think uh, th- that that felt. I was at the right age for that, and I think that that was amazing. I mean, Sam and Max are not, I don't think, technically, like, LucasArts games characters specifically, but mm-hmm. I loved playing uh, them and Hit the Road. Um, all the, like, maybe... I mean, Purple, Purple Tentacle and, uh, is pretty amazing also in uh, uh, Data Tentacle. Yeah, for the for the villain side. I, I mean, these they all, like... There's probably, like, you know, 10% of my brain probably uh, just, just is taken up by that. But, I mean, absolutely, Manny was one of the really cool guys for me. Uh, like, I, yeah. I, I, really, I really loved Manny uh, just because, like... I think that that ability to like be in kind of a tight spot and be quippy is really uh-huh. fun. Um, yeah. Like I, I think that 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 kind of level of reverence and that coolness, um, even though like you know a lot of, you know he takes a lot of blows and stuff. Like I, um, I I I always felt very clever, I guess, when I was being Manny, yeah. uh, and I, I liked that. Um, I felt like as a really cerebral kid, he uh, but not in the same cool way. And so I liked that he could be like both smart and like kind of actually street smart, I guess, in the way that he was and maybe I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I I love my favorite thing about Manny as a as an adventure game character is uh, so we talked about there's an there's like an inventory you know you're gonna have items you're gonna interact with them but the one thing Manny always has is his scythe mm-hmm. he is a grim yeah. reaper or whatever and the best yeah. parts of the game are when you like are messing with all these new objects and then you're like wait is the scythe supposed <laughs> to come into play here like is this right. and like you get it feels like callbacks to this thing it's like wait suddenly I have to remember that I've got this long stick or this sharp blade I that could cut something that. i yeah. always mm-hmm. have that and you like the way you come back to that that's not something i feel like i've really experienced in other adventure games yeah you got check up scythe <laughs> yeah <laughs> or i was sw- the swiss army scythe the is swiss how army i would describe scythe. it because you use uh, yeah. that thing for a lot a lot of different a lot of different stuff you use it for yeah actually uh just this morning i was working on the door puzzle where you're like trying to bust out meche uh and you're like you have you have all of the you're like flipping these 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 kind of I don't even know how to describe them they're just like door lock mechanisms oh yeah stuff. the the key I, the the lock combination thing where you're trying to spin it yeah and I very quickly got that 
it that I was supposed to turn them all so that they that this so that there was a big gap. And then it took me forever yes. to be like, oh, it's scythe time again. <laughs> and I, I wish I had set like a timer because it felt like every fifteen minutes they would be like, you remember you got that scythe, right? Like you, oh, yeah. you better remember scythe o'clock. Yeah, it's scythe o'clock. <laughs> time to check in for the scythe. Yeah, if I had done that, that would have been. I, I. That's the that's the thing too that I really like specifically about this one but like like the first half of monkey island also really has this which is this idea of like the pacing of the puzzles yeah. i feel like is a really big like hint um i was playing through the the second year of grim fandango to me is like structurally kind of an ode to the first half of monkey island you're just in kind of a hub a lot of different characters and you can go around and talk to all of them and there's actually like there's so many even more characters in this section than in uh, that first uh, half, the island part of yeah. Monkey Island. Um, but you're just like kind of kind of getting to know the world and also trying to figure out like, all right, where are the puzzle points going to be? And I, I figured out a puzzle that I probably could have figured out more easily by just paying attention, but only because I thought, you know, I haven't gone back to where I started in mm. like a while. And it seems like I should mm. have done that. And everything is beaded out so precisely that sometimes structurally you can just sort of figure out like, well, you know, at this point, I would maybe think about how it's like sending the player back to the beginning because mm -hmm. we've done so much stuff. And then I went back and realized like, yeah, that was exactly where I was supposed to go. And I just <laughs> felt it out time wise because everything is so meticulously placed. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I haven't like on the show, we've played Monkey Island. Uh, outside of Monkey Island, uh, I've tooled around in a handful of LucasArts games, but I haven't finished a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And I will say Grim Fandango, I found the most compelling to like get down because I felt like I was finally sort of seeing the, the, the under the surface logic yeah. that I feel like probably runs through all of these games. But I feel like Grim Fandango invited me into it. And now I sort of feel like, oh, I kind of want to play all of them now. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure that was always there. It's just like, I don't think I saw it until year two of this game, which yeah. is, I think, I mean, definitely my favorite section of the game. I don't know how y'all feel, but yeah. like, it's, yeah. well, it's, yeah. yeah. Structurally speaking, right, the, the first, third, and fourth year are all quite linear actually like it's like almost to what hunter well, was yeah, saying a long time ago now, it's, yeah. it's super story time and it's it's puzzle it's a part of this room right now mm -hmm. figure out the puzzle that's happening kind of right here it maybe extends to one other room but that second area you're just in a city and you have everything at your disposal and the craziest thing about that one is you can do so much of it in literally any order there is just no yeah. there's yeah. no i mean i like i have i keep a guide pulled up for these things if anything mostly just to track my progress but occasionally occasionally to like i don't know what's going on i'm not clicking the button right or maybe i'm just like you know when you're like three pixels off and you're not clicking you know you're just missing but you had the, the answer right or whatever but what i found in year two was guides completely useless because anytime i'm doing stuff on my own yeah. i'm now the guy i'm i'm in paragraph <laughs> seven but i'm also in paragraph 15 of this I part of the guide that. and it's like okay i don't get to the guides off limits i just have to figure out how I to do this that, i had that i'm not ashamed to admit i had that same experience where i re like where i was like i i was in i don't remember what part oh i couldn't figure out what i was like what does Glottis need to do? Like, why yeah. is Glottis game? Like, I didn't even under, because I didn't see, I, I didn't see there's, well, I don't want to give it away, but there's a thing I could have seen early on mm -hmm. that I did not, I did not spot. 
Um, so then in trying to look that up, I was like, wow, this is genius. They truly made a section that is, that there's so much overlap. And <laughs> unless you use the guide the whole time, right. if, unless you were like, I'm going to do so-and-so's run of, of year two, there's no, I mean, it, I was reading it for like two or three minutes before I realized like, I'm not going to find this information easily. And because of that, I'm now more interested in just bumping around in Grim Fan. Like, it, like it's like... I, if, if my choice is between a guide and just bumping around everything, uh, if the guide's going to take longer than 30 seconds, then I'm going to be bumping around. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I bumped and grinded for quite a while and then was like, oh, all right, here we go. The second <laughs> I saw the, the clue, too, it was like very obvious mm. what needed to happen. I just hadn't seen it. The other thing I wanted to, to say about like year two and just how I mean, that's the whole game to me. The, the Grim Fandango <laughs> is year two. It's where yeah. the most plot is happening. I mean, it's like year one is pretty long uh and, and it's setting up a lot of things but if it, it, all of it feels like a prologue once you get into year two it all feels like sure. we just yeah, yeah. we just did this so that you had some semblance of the mm -hmm. characters so that then we can jump forward a year and completely establish this new thing that feels at the same time like nostalgic and like oh we're ch it's like you just finished year one it was 13 seconds ago but you're like yeah how's everyone doing though i gotta wander around what's no, glottis it's, it's, up to it feels it's like such, such a, a unique trick. yeah it's it's because you're taking a character like glottis is a great example we meet glottis 15 minutes later there's a year time skip and you walk down and you see Gladys and your attitude as a player is like, oh, it's my old buddy. Yeah. Oh, dang. My old yeah. friend who a character I've known about for all of 15 minutes yeah, yeah. is already my old friend. And not just that. My old friend, he loves going fast. He loves cars. Oh, he's in a suit playing piano. Yeah. What happened? Like, what's <laughs> <Yeah>. going on? <laughs> yeah, it's such a great narrative trick to have each chapter of the game skip forward a year and have the characters change so sometimes they change a lot just for a joke. Like I would say the the captain shift is mostly yeah. for yucks and not actually what that part of the game is about. I mean, but it is funny to see like, oh, Manny's a captain now. I, I, I think the point is like Manny, whatever situation you put him in, apparently in a year he's going to yeah. own that place. I was oh, going to yeah, say that. The, the, <laughs> well, it, it proves the logic yeah, of the first yeah. act, right? The first act is Manny's like, I can't get anything good. Like I'm. I thought I was good at this. And then you see him do all these not, other jobs yeah. and you're like, no, man, he's yeah. great at every single thing that he does. So he yeah. was right that the first the, the first act was not not checking out. There was something bigger going on. Right. The proof is kind of uh, in the pudding in that way, as far as like how capable is Manny? What can Manny do? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like all of the all of the kind of film noir stuff with this game, mm -hmm. I think kind of elevates it to another to another level of like like because it's it's this like kind of day of the dead I iconography um which i feel like is like just kind of every time this premise is used the the idea of like death being like sort of a business and yeah. not like right. not like just like this grim morbid thing but like uh well you know like there's there's still like secretaries and yeah. accounting and and all there's like mechanisms for it mm -hmm. um i just love I love anytime someone uh, uses that premise. I feel like I, I'm hungry, actually, for uh, the Grim Fandango thing to just be around in culture even more, to right. be honest. There was, a, there was a Pixar movie that was Coco. like this, right? Yeah. Co Coco, Coco feels... There was another one, too, though. Uh, Soul was like also oh, very much sure. like this. I guess they both, yeah. they, they both kind of borrow... Like Coco, it's like more it's um, a family the thing. iconography is like very very similar to Grim Fandango. Mm -hmm, but yeah. then Soul also though is another story where we're taking 
uh, death and the idea of the afterlife and then using that as some sort of like kind of like making it banal and yeah. making it like kind of just like, oh, it's just like a thing that happens. And then right. there's like, you know, a, a, an establishment, a structure to it. Yeah. Um, my yeah, my really favorite part of that, it's all banal. It's all this, you know, the, the, the sort of in between space, the city is so banal. And then you get to act four and I'll give, it's not really yeah. a spoiler, but you get to act four and it's like, now we get to the actual precipice of the land of the dead and it's just like here comes the train send it to hell like there's <laughs> it's so much not banal like it's just like yeah. it is black and white we, you you make it through the gates or you don't and it 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 makes it cast a weird light on the early stuff cuz you're like all these people were just trying to get to the other side but then when if you get to the gates everything's just decided in that moment regardless of what was going on before right yeah yeah, it's it's it is fantastic in that way. Um, yeah, I'm wondering, Ezra, like, how did it like when you were a kid? How did this one feel as compared to the others? Because you've already said it was like it was kind of a swan song. Um, did you feel like kind of blown away by the by the technology? Because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there at this point. I don't know how it felt to play this as like the new Lucas Arts game. So this looked, I mean, this looked really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say um, uh, I did not. L I don't think I loved tank controls, but I was like, okay, this is you know, I'm working with it. So I think there's definitely some adjustment there. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I mean, tonally, it made a lot of sense uh, in some ways uh, coming after uh, Full Throttle, mm -hmm. uh, which was mm -hmm. uh, Tim's like 1995 game, and that was like you know that was sort of like kind of splitting the difference of like this is you know has some harder edged parts of it, right? And you know some gritty parts, still some humor. Um, and so it, it made sense definitely in that line. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that was coming out, like those two felt on the darker side compared to maybe like the lightness of like, you know, Day of the Tentacle and, yeah. and Sam and Max and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, which is all very like very cartoony in a fun way. And this is like, has some cartoony elements later on, but like, I think the aesthetics of both those together were much more, um, a little, a little more grit uh, and, and, and like, you know, I felt I felt cool. I was like, I was I was ten when Full Throttle came out. And I was mm -hmm. you know that was I was like, I'm I'm not into like the kid stuff anymore. Only like I'm a right. motorcycles go vroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and there's you know the same kind of more adult themes of like some, uh, you know, there's like there's some death, there's some you know, betrayal mm -hmm. in a way that's like not not in the same like safe like Monkey Island way basically. Right, where right. it's like it's all for laughs and slapsticky. This is like the there are things that happen you know in both uh, you know. Grim Fandango and Full Throttle that you like, you actually feel right. Yeah. Um, and right. I think actually it's a cool move in Grim Fandango to have like, okay, we're gonna take a noir thing, which is you know, you know, pretty pretty gritty, and like you know, people die in this betrayal, and like, how do we do that in the Land of the Dead, right? How do we have another? Mm. How do we have death still matter, basically? Yeah. Uh, and I think the thing of sprouting was just it's a really cool thing we didn't talk about. Uh, yeah. I think, but like you know, how do you how do you 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 can die in a couple ways, but like one of them is like you know you uh, get shot with this pellet uh, that like you know basically makes flowers like you know shoot up all over your bones uh, and and you die uh, yeah. again you don't you don't get to leave the afterlife in that way right uh, right or, yeah. and and the like the juxtaposition of like it's so beautiful like it's like you yeah. I mean you yeah. you are literally flowering you are becoming this like bouquet but like that's the worst thing that happens to any of the characters in in this whole thing. Right, and there yeah. is that scene where Manny walks in to see his crew, and his crew have all yeah. sprouted. That if <laughs> if it wasn't so pretty, that would be like a pretty wild scene. <laughs> yeah, really you know? horrifying. Like it would be pretty overwhelming. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a thing with them with the mortician at one point, I think. Yes. Um, when he's like scanning the surrounded bodies, and like he's talking about the um the florists who go mad, basically, yeah. right? That that yeah. they have like you know like when they're in the land of the dead, like they they love flowers, basically, and now it's like the symbol of like you know of of of, of really intense death, and, yeah, and it's infinite death. So um, yeah, it, there's a lot of really really cool touches and, and stuff that I didn't think I would remember, but like really I was, when I saw it again this time around, I was like, oh yeah, that yeah. that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Does everyone yeah. have? A favorite puzzle from Ooh. Grim Fandango. A favorite moment, oh, a favorite trick, uh, or whatever. Any anybody got got one that comes to mind? What was most fun to figure out in my mind was probably like the ticket counter thing. The like, but which which actually what was a bummer to me about that is that so there's this moment where you have like a photo of a this is actually a lot to explain but I'm so they yeah, race giant cats okay there's giant cat races don't worry about that part okay that's just a part of it and you have this photo that's of like a finish and you're yeah. trying to figure out and and the idea is that a photo you actually need is where this one should be mm-hmm. so if you figure out what this photo is like what day it is then you can then exchange it for the actual photo uh, that you want. Uh, what annoys me a little bit about this puzzle, and I always like to throw a little bit, I just like to throw a little bit of shade, especially because you're here, Ezra, but I okay. solved it, and every at every step of the way, I felt it was one of the puzzles that made me feel like a genius, especially because the, there's one thing you can't figure out, like, what day of the week it is, mm-hmm. and then the guy at the ticket booth is like, he, what does he say? He says, like, he says, like, we don't have cat hats today we only have cat hats on tuesday (laughs) what and then you start you look at the picture and you realize everyone in the stand is wearing a cat hat i don't want to give up any more of it uh than that as far as the the puzzle is concerned i don't want to solve puzzles for you today but i will give you that because it's very funny um the problem is that there are like two ticket booths and one of them the guy will even if you get it right the guy will never give you the thing you need um so i got stuck on that so if you could just let everybody know that I solved your puzzle and then had to look up, I was like, I think I have it. So I am confused. And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, there's actually two ticket booths. And one of them's like a trick booth. And then the other one's like the real one. And it's like, and again, that's another moment though, where I, I hit a brick wall. Yeah. I looked up the answer and then I laughed to myself, right. which I, I just want to maintain. I do think that that is a built-in aspect of the experience. I don't even really care what the designers think. I think that that they made games that when you got stuck, it was funny to ask someone to help you because yeah. the answer is generally hilarious. Right. Ezra, do you have a favorite? I think it's probably me in year one. So you know, we have some stuff with uh with a balloon uh like yeah. person, right? And you need but it's cool because you need it twice, basically. Uh yeah. so you need uh just both the uh uh like a worm balloon and a couple of them. And I think that that sort of with the pneumatic too, like that uh, worm balloon uh, problem with the different like uh, foamy yeah. things, uh, trying to break that system that was really really satisfying. I think because like seeing like that you don't have that many objects to begin with in the early part, so that's why I think it's like just like can I mix this all together? Yeah, um, right. Yeah, that that was a real good one, and 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 uh, that that substance also comes back again in a fun way as well yeah. towards the end. So yeah, I was gonna say I think I like uh, closer to the end. Um, like in in the fourth year i just it's kind of a simple one but i like the ice puzzle with the bone wagon i i Mm -hmm. i got 
I got a little kick out of that one. It's not even like one of the funnier puzzles, but it's like, I don't know. You're going back and revisiting places, but with each place, especially this one is like back at Rubicava, like the city of year two where you spend all this time, but everything's like hyper simplified. And it was cool to be like somewhere before that was so intimidating. And this time it's like, but I can kind of smash through these solutions now. Like it was nice. To, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. it, it lended itself to the feeling of being back where I don't know, like to me, honestly, being back in Rubicava and, and mechanically like getting through puzzles really quickly felt like me as Manny being like, I spent a year here and I'm not, oh. I'm not here to get trapped again. I'm getting in and I'm getting out and I'm making my yeah. way. It's like that. I don't know. It, it, it was such a good sort of thematic yeah. uh, synergy. I love that. That's kind of, it's kind of, a, it's, you know, it's, 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 you're going back to a place and you've changed now and you see it because it's not that hard for you in the same way. It's kind yeah. of, it's just like a, you know, a Neo scene through the matrix kind of moment where it's just like, mm-hmm. you really feel the difference of it. Uh, you're now overpowered in a way. And I think probably made a lot of sense production wise. So they wouldn't have to like make a whole bunch of new uh, rooms as well. <laughs> right. So like, that's probably a good, a good money saving approach of just like, let's do it again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I also just love that. I mean, the, like the arc for the player as well of like empowering the player, the later you go, it reminds me of like the, the, it's the end of a resident evil game. So here is a rocket launcher. Yeah. And like you've technically <laughs> beat the game, right? right. The game is right. actually over, but we're going to give you this rocket launcher and then you will use that to beat, the bad guy, yeah. but the, there is no, once you have the rocket launcher, you're definitely going to win. It's just a fun <laughs> little thing for the game designers to be like, look at you, you're yeah. so, you've, you've come so far. Yeah, You're, yeah. you're such a big boy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a perfect pacing. I mean, like Hunter, in our Secret of Monkey Island one, you sort of lamented the like, everything's good and works, but you wish, like they, they front load the crazy thing and then yeah. arc things out. But this one feels so different where the first one is like, listen, it's one thing at a time. And then here's the big, bold one. And then two more acts of like, well, let's, you know, let's let this taper off and have its climax and and, and wrap right. things up. But again, that's kind of where I come back to that second year is Grim Fandango. Years one, three, and four are like the plot of Grim Fandango and, and tying everything Fandango, up. Yeah. But like the game itself is all in year two. I will say I, I do want to give year one a little more credit for having yeah. like like the those first handful of puzzles, though, are pretty like like, yes, you don't have like an overwhelming amount of uh, options, but there is a lot of like just like getting your feet wet and looking at the environment and yeah. being like, oh, I'm supposed to climb up that yeah. or whatever. Like, I couldn't yeah. figure out the birds. The birds tricked me on the roof. Oh, yeah. How to get rid of the birds. I gave up on that one. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's plenty of like interlocking and confusing stuff in that first one that uh, I, I think is good because it's teaching you a lot of the lessons of the game too. It, like if this was your first LucasArts game ever, that that first area is teaching you like, listen, some of this stuff is linear. Some of this stuff is a bit, you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> you need to open your third eye, yeah. okay? <laughs> well, is it time for us to rank this puppy? I mean, I feel yeah. like we should. Scary. Oh. oh, dear. All right. So well, we have a guest today, Hunter, so we can't just like, throw our numbers at each other of where we Mm kind of personally rank this so i want to know what's our what's our kind of rubric today for figuring out where to where to put grim fandango well like what kind of attitude do we want to have i mean like (laughs) ezra's here it feels like it would be it would be really cool to be you know really nice to grim fandango Uh today uh i think that it is a masterpiece but masterpiece what what does that get you at this point like into the 30s top top (laughs) top 20 top 30 like that's masterpieces i mean 
Oh, God. Look, Another World, which we just ranked, absolute gargantuan, gargantuan masterpiece. Right. Number 29 on this yeah, list. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I know where I feel like it belongs. Mm hmm. And I'm okay to just like throw that out there, uh, but I will say I I mean I I put this in the teens. I put this I put this up there. Yeah. I I, I didn't put it in the top ten, but I, I, I put it in the teens. Yeah. I feel like that is that is about where it belongs. Ezra, where does this rank amongst uh, just yeah. Lucas Arts <laughs> Lucas Arts games for you? Like not even oh, let's, yeah, let's, let's wait yeah, until let's wait good. for the rest of all of video games, but just within Lucas Arts, is this you know among the top? I think yeah, I'm def definitely among the top. I think it's this is this is easily, I think it's easily a top five. It's maybe a top three for me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's 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 hard because I came at different ones at different points. Sure, um, right. And I think there's this was one one of the ones I replayed, like, you know, say like every month. Like I did some of them. I would say. Um, oh, yeah. So so like there there's some that where this is like this this is I loved it for so many things, and I think it 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 holds up in. And it's also, I guess I should say, like, I tried playing, um, you know, with my son, like, Ocarina of Time. He bounced off that immediately. <laughs> he was really, mm -hmm. really into uh, Grim Fandango. And so, like, I think, that like, rules. this is this is still accessible in a way that, that um, uh, you know, that is not. Because I think, like, that, that stylized look, I think, like, it, 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 and I think the dialogue at age is, the di dialogue age as well. Yeah. Like, uh, fundamental, yeah, like, right? Like, that this, this is really, really textured. Yeah. And honestly, we didn't, you, you were talking about the art style earlier. The art style holds up. Like, the idea that the character models in this thing are this kind of paper mache. Like, I just love when a game was a part of an era with graphical limitations and they were just like, let's lean as hard into that as possible. Yeah. Grim Fandango feels perfectly timeless to me. It's like, yeah, it's blocky polygons, but like, we made that part of it we made like right. it works and so right. you can just continue to play it um even in the non like the difference between remastered and original graphics are like barely anything it's it's honestly just a light like the the remastered version of this game is just a lighting update for the most part and like some smooth lines but the rest of it like everything is maintained because it's like that was the artistic vision so right. yeah i'm I, I get really excited about like how timeless this game is yeah absolutely uh, but I mean, where do you want to rank yeah. it on the list? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I know mean, it's. Hey. Uh, oh yeah, it's hey, great. It's really I mean, good. I I I think at this point, I think they know that <sighs> you know we like it, but like how much? And I mean, where does it belong? And I mean, you know, I mean, where do where we? What's sits, what's a needle we want to throw here? Is there is there a conversation point we want to start? Hunter, you called out teens. Uh, mm -hmm. you know. I the the teens are a, a place of conflict for the two of us because I think the teens oh, is yeah, where we see great. the most. It's really high on my so like the top ten is like it's high for both of us for the most part. The teens is mostly contradictions where it's like high for Hunter, low for me, or high for me, low for Hunter. Generally speaking, yeah, uh, yeah in in true. some context. So you know, I, I I think teens is also good. I could see it leaking into the. 20s just because oh, i don't know I i'm not even saying i'm low on it so just well, to be clear but 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 i'm i'm just trying to figure out like where you i mean where you put it yeah on your version of the I, list i mean i have that's... it here's here's what's confusing is i have it above raw danger but below papers please which is not how our group list mm. looks so that's oh, where yeah. i don't know what to do with it <laughs> well here's okay let's talk about this this part's always hard with a guest, but I'll I'll sort of so raw danger. If you don't know what raw danger is, Ezra, uh, it is nope. <laughs> sort of it is sort of a LucasArts game. Yeah, um, it is it is kind of similar in that it's an adventure game. Uh, it's about a flood 
that that strikes a, a Japanese city on Christmas. Um, except instead of you know how like Grim Fandango was made by like you know like complete human beings that were like smart and like they were very clever and they like displayed that and they were very funny. Raw Danger is kind of like, what if everybody was like kind of nuts that worked on the game and that it truly didn't at times really didn't make sense. But like, like your main character, here's the example we like to cite all the time on this show of why Raw Danger is great. There's a part where you're, where your main character is hanging off or is there's a chef with a chef hat and he is, he is falling off a cliff and you have his, his hand in that classic kind of adventure. It's literally a cliffhanger <laughs> moment, right? And you're given yep. some dialogue options. One of them is like, uh, like, oh, hey, just hang on, buddy. And then the second one is like, take his hat, <laughs> um, which you can do. And then the third one is like, whisper something weird in his ear, yeah. like before he presumably is about to fall off of this cliff. Well, um, that's weird because, like, if you're gonna be a jerk, take the hat, but don't, don't like, don't haunt him. Also, uh, yeah, yeah, so, like, <laughs> with a weird with raw danger is Grim Fandango. If all of the weird non sequitur things, if everything you could come up with was a viable solution, and the game had to work out what that means later, yeah, right. That's so true, it's like dude. I can just take the gold schlager and I could go beat the lawyer over the head with it. That would be an option of a thing I could do instead. And that would just give me a new path to go down yeah, for my now, adventure. And now game. the game is going to be dumber. Because, <laughs> like the game will sacrifice its own plot in interest of the character doing like one specific uh, thing. Yeah. I would say raw, like comparing Grim, like if Grim Fandango is film noir, then raw danger is like a B movie. Yeah. Basically um, like an eighties B movie. Like sort of mm. like a really bad disaster movie yeah. is essentially raw danger. <laughs> and um, anyways, I like it better than Grip Fandango uh, because <laughs> it's dumb and I'm a dumb person. Sure. So I can relate to raw danger better. Seems like to me, the people who make Grim Fandango are smart and good for them. Yeah. Uh, but I am a big dummy. So I gave raw danger the edge, not by a lot, actually just by yeah. looks like three spots. So like to me, they're actually, I mean, they're pretty close. Um, and then I rated it above Papers, Please, but I, I mean, I think Papers, Papers, Please is a little, a little overrated, a little overrated yeah. by the show anyways. Yeah, I, I think Raw Danger is a cool thing, but it is not necessarily expertly crafted, whereas Grim Fandango no, is it's not expertly crafted and, and Execution, put together. Execution, yeah. there's no argument. Raw yeah. Danger is yeah. a sloppy game that feels like it was maybe even thrown together like very quickly yeah. in compared to something like Grim Fandango that feels very, very plotted out. So, Ezra, my question for you, since you haven't played Raw Danger, there's a couple steps below that, though, right? Metal Gear Solid is right below it. Doom is right mm -hmm. below it. Halo Combat Evolved is right below those two. Does there feel like any contradiction? What's your take on... I mean, two of those are shooters. One of them's a Kojima, you know, classic. Like, does Grim Fandango, to you, feel like it's going to top any of those? I mean, so I think... I mean, you know, I didn't... I played maybe Metal Gear Solid a little bit when it came out. I mm. listened to your episode. I, I liked a lot. Um, I mean, I think the, I guess my pitch would be, I think it's maybe harder to do what Grim Fandango is doing, which is like, let's make dialogue that is really, really mm -hmm. good, basically. And, yeah. and like, you know, like, like story that's all the way good. Not that to say that's, it's uh, easy to make something that is like, maybe a little like, you know, campy and bonkers also, and like throw all that stuff in. But I think that's like, yeah, I, I think that's more of a challenge, basically. So I think that the Grim Fandango like approach, which like, this is like let's do a really great noir, basically. That is, uh, yeah. you know, a film that is interactive and you know uh, has some really cool time jump stuff. 
um, some some maybe some goofy puzzles. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but but generally, like you know, I think the all the story stuff is pretty impeccable. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and and the characters, I think, as well, where it's like um, you, it's not like just joke like these characters, even like you. They are all really, really like, fully fleshed out and really great. Yeah. If we were talking just story, if we wanted story to be the only metric, I just want to say I'd probably put Grimm up there with Disco. Yeah. Elysium. Oh, for sure. Yes, uh, I, I agree completely. As... And and like the characters that I love so much, like, yeah, they, they are yeah. right in line with each other. Um, yeah. What I just caught wind of a little bit is realizing that... Uh, so, Ezra, you're here today to allow us some of your nepotism, but I just realized that that comes a bit at a cost. We owe you. We owe you <laughs> oh, for some of yeah. this nepotism, which means like you're here to boost Grimm up the rankings, and that's fine. That's, that's the cost of doing business. So I do think yeah, part of this is fair. how high does Ezra want to go, and Hunter and I sort of just sort of reckon with that a little oh, bit. I like that. <laughs> I do actually like that. I think here's probably the place where I'd, I'd feel comfortable with it, because... um. I, I want you to be comfortable. Like, that's that's the key here. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I I I think fundamentally, um, the Grim Fandango is sort of like this is the best the genre had for many years, basically. Yeah. Right. This is mm-hmm. sort of a pinnacle and it was kind of like going out on top. It was you know like uh, you know uh, critical success, uh, commercial failure. Uh, you know, I think I'm glad that it's like still very you know like like has a lot of affection for it. You know, like the two and a half decades later. Yeah. Um. So I think like. I feel comfortable say like putting it at the ten spot basically because I think like you know okay, I did not play Kenar Domacy so I can't actually like can't speak to it so I'm sorry mm-hmm. on that one but in terms of yeah, Quake, yeah. where it's like there's a lot of like that's it's definitely a leap forward um but it, it didn't top out yet in terms of like what the what the genre can do like there's a mm-hmm. lot more stuff still going on along the way um and I think like at least in terms of me like the story uh, the characters like you know the dialogue that was always the stuff that you know, I really gravitated towards and it was an amazing thing that, and to have that sort of still speak to it, uh, I'm not sure like, you know, what my kids will be saying about like, you know, Quake or Doom. Uh, like we tried playing Halo uh, um, for the, um, oh, yeah. for our episode uh, on for Halo with the boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was not as uh, readily, like th- that had some good bits. But it wasn't nearly as easy to get into for my, my son as, um, as like Smash Bros basically, which I think like, right. still very much feels good. Uh, so I think like, that's probably where I'd settle it. I loved uh, kind of hearing like all the wild swings that were happening with Middle Gear Solid Two. So I don't. I I think that's a really that that feels um, right below that is where I'd probably put it if it was if it was my choice. So number number ten. I mean, I kind of like number ten Grim Fandango. Like I like the sound of it. Yeah. Obviously, on my list, I didn't rank it that way, but sure. I do kind of like the sound of Grim Fandango being a top tenner. Now, Metal Gear Solid Two. I would also be kind of down for it being number nine as well, to be honest, because here's mm. why. Um, we still haven't played Metal Gear Solid 3, yeah. which is like, to me, like the big test. So, And I'm not really that precious about Metal Gear Solid 2, even though it is bonkers. Yeah. Um, and we have, we do have, I mean, I feel like bonkers is well represented on our list. Yeah. Our number one is Disco Elysium, which is a pretty bonkers game. Yeah. A lot of weird. Also, like I really like the connections between Grim Fandango and Disco. Yeah. So that I think that if someone listened to this podcast and looked at the list, they'd be like, "Oh, you know what these guys like? They like noir stories with like weirdo <laughs> side characters." Yeah, because yeah. that's what is the connection here. So I would go as high as nine. Yeah, I do think too. Within that is uh, a a little bit of, I guess a a bit of what Ezra was getting at, which is like. 
we don't know. We haven't played a bunch of these other adventure games, but I'd be hard pressed to guess which adventure game goes above Grim Fandango, right? I mean, it's uh, it's hard to imagine what for me would rank higher than than this one. Well, and, I don't know. And played them yet? I, I know, I know. But in that category, like I want, it's great for something to be highly represented. And if this is like what rises to the top of that, I think it is fitting. And you know, we re rank every couple of years or every one like once a year. And if if another one shows itself up, we can we can do what we need to. But I think it makes sense for Grim to to rest above so many of these other things. And yeah, I mean, what whatever is right above it is like these other uh, significantly more deeply emotional reactions hunter and i have to these games like starting with super smash brothers and working up every single one of those games is like that's like got a heartfelt moment to it and grim mm-hmm. fandango is just shy of that right i love it a lot it i'm not saying it like changed my life but it's like kind of the best game i've played that didn't change my life i think is what okay. is what number nine and that will be says. number nine because yeah. metal gear solid 2 did not change your exactly life, right exactly i mean you're I, an adult i'm, I'm putting uh, exactly i'm gonna a child <laughs> Yeah, you I, can't be on a podcast saying Metal Gear Solid 2 changed your life anymore, all right? <laughs> it's not 2003. You can't say that, all right? We've just so there proven you go, it. Number yeah. nine, Grim Fandango. I feel cool with Grim Fandango like being in the top That's ten. That's a cool, yeah. cool pick. It is. That's and, cool, and man, makes makes the conversation with Tim a lot, a lot less awkward. I'll let us say. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... Perhaps we should now go get. Well, let's go hand Tim his award uh, and go, go have a have a ch- have a chat with Tim Schaefer. Hey, it's just me, Matt. I wanted to sneak in before this amazing Tim Schaefer interview and invite you to come hang out with us over on our Discord, where you can join in on episode reactions and video game conversations. We also have an OGA Minecraft server organized by MPC Aaron. And coming up very soon, the Electronic Gamers Club is going to all be playing Tears of the Kingdom together. So you can come and have spoiler-filled discussions with everybody else who's checking out the new Zelda game. Also, members of our Patreon have an exclusive channel to talk about their Every Wheel entries. And starting in June, I believe we're going to start spinning the Every Wheel once every single month for upcoming seasons uh, and chunks of Every Wheel sort of mini arcs. The Every Wheel, of course, being our sort of pseudo raffle game where you can put forward a game you would like us to play and add to the list and everyone can form coalitions behind games and we spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, Hunter and I play for the show. You can find links to both our Patreon and our Discord in the show notes of this episode or any episode and we look forward to seeing you over there. We, we, we found Grim Fandango to be the ninth best game of 82 games. So that was fun. Yeah, but they're all released they're in 1982 because that's not when it was released. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. That's very, that's quite an honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, quite an honor for this <laughs> random show you heard about <laughs> yeah. the other day. <laughs> oh, come on. Every, you think like, like anyone, no matter who posts anything anywhere, they're ranking games and I, I, I'm like, too much. <laughs> How'd we do? <laughs> Good job. Could have been higher, but uh, <laughs> it, hey, it's our, ours is a living list. We we yeah. tend to we take change it every back year. And change things. So there you go. Yeah, this is yeah, just yeah, the yeah. initial. I obviously, haven't played the tentacle yet. So let's just let's yeah. Just, there yeah. you go. <laughs> that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking yeah. it up.
Yeah. <laughs> so do you explain how you already got my attention to be on the show? Well, oh, sorry, with my dad. Yes, we know we know the we know the nepotism at play here, uh, and why you are here. Yeah, yeah. we know that Ezra's the nepotism. And, uh, yeah, the Ezra's dad, David Fox, gave me my first job in the games industry. Everything I have that you see around me, this this wall, this ukulele, is all because of uh, Ezra's dad. So thank you. Wow, yeah, that's Fox. amazing. Even though I blew the interview and they didn't hired in their games. Oh <laughs> well, wait, you blew I, the interview, but you still got the job. How does yes, that work out? I totally. Well, because David, um, David Fox, uh, who's a lovely fellow, you should have him on your show. Very dumb. Made some great games himself. He was talking to me and asking me what my favorite LucasArts games were, LucasFilm games um, were. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I really loved the, all the um, Atari 8-bit stuff from the from the early days, like uh, Rescue and Fractalus and um, Cronus Rift, and uh, especially um, the one I was like, I really love Ball Blaster and Ball Blaster. And the guys were Ball Blaster? David was like, Ball Blaster, huh? That's funny. That's what it was called when it was pirated. <laughs> Like, yep, I did have a big old hat disc, like a two-sided floppy disk that had all the Lucasfilm <laughs> games on it. Totally fired it. Never, never, I had never bought Lucasfilm games. And I was so poor during the interview, actually. I did, I, 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 skipping ahead, I did get an interview, and I hadn't. He's like, have you played any of our recent games? It was, it was, that was like eight years ago. I was like, no, I didn't even know they made adventure games. And I loved adventure games, like um, Zork and Text Adventure. And stuff like yeah, that. yeah. Scott Adams games. Uh, Savage Island. And I hadn't played any of their new ones. So I went to a computer store, and I bought... Um, Zach McCracken, but I really didn't have the money for it, so I bought it and I played it. And I did the interview, and then I returned it. <laughs> 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 terrible. I feel terrible about that. Sorry, David. You don't watch this part. But That's I bought royalties. It. I bought later. I gave them. I gave them. Okay. Lot. Okay. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah, I think they. I think y'all are even now. The question is: Is there anybody you paid it forward to? Have you hired anybody that admitted to pirating your work? Or I just or... assume everybody. I mean, pirating just got easier yeah. and easier and easier. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I just assume. People try before they buy uh -huh. now these days. But uh, and did uh, Ezra tell you the um, the cost that I demanded for this? No, I did not. That so you can you can reveal that on air. Okay, I I I, I requested that I could tell the story about Ezra singing in the LucasArts lobby. Oh please! Whoa, what is this? Okay, yeah. <laughs> this, this is not that. Great. It's not an amazing story, but it's something that I always think of when I think of Ezra. That you were okay. This is like 1991. So how old would you have been? Okay, I'd be, I'd be six then. Six and um and <laughs> I was in the lobby of LucasArts uh and you were all by yourself in the waiting area and then we had like a, some arcade machines and endless magazines on tables and stuff and you were kind of bouncing around the table just waiting for your dad and um and I, he I heard this little sound like do, 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 do. I was like what is that and then I hear teenage mutant ninja turtles ninja turtles teenage mutant I was like are you singing is that teenage mutant ninja turtles and you're like yeah. And he looked kind of embarrassed. I was like, that's cool. Do you like that show? Do you watch? And he's like, yeah. Do you watch that show? And he's like, no. Like, Wait, why don't you watch that show? He's like, too violent. <laughs> this is absolutely 100%. This is 100% true. So I, I wonder how I knew it. I guess that's, that's a big yeah, part. I must no have YouTube, learned this from a friend. No YouTube back then. How did you hear the song? No, this must have been my friend Julian. I think I, maybe I could have watched at his uh, at a his violent friend house. in a gang. Julian. Yes, yes, that's right. Rough, rough, <laughs> rough first grader Julian Plath. Uh, so did I get the tune right? Could you? Would you mind singing? A little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <'cause laughs> we, for old times' sake, Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Uh, can, can you, can you, Matt? What the real one? Yeah, yeah, we'll you, fade like, it in, and then yeah, yeah. no, no, I'll just yeah. use some copyrighted material. We have sort of that's a running theme in this episode is just using mm-hmm. things without permission, and uh, we're trying yeah. to get we're trying to get so big that it becomes a problem. That's our goal <laughs> is to is to get someday be like, oh, uh oh, we're gonna get in trouble for all of those times. So, and in defense of your parents, have you lived a life free of violence? Uh, <laughs> yeah, committed any violent acts? Yeah, yeah no, I've been. It's pretty good. Although I did, we did play Shredder's revenge like with with uh, my son my daughter my wife so like and we were all so we were all the turtles uh and uh I know. We'll see if I wreck it with this next generation. Next. Like, Dad, why aren't are you punching? Why aren't you punching? Can't do it. Just walking around, Dad. I think it's beautiful that that speaks to like the Fox household and like the yeah. the Lucas Arts ethos of like, no, no, no. We're living the non-violent video game <laughs> life. You know, those games are really progressive, way ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah it's of, really true. And I, I should say, I mean, like at some point, uh, you know, Hunter and Matt, if you want to have my mom on, so she was behind a uh, fatty bear and a putt putt. Hunter wants to do putt putt very bad. I need, I need to talk about putt putt because that was big for me, <laughs> and I didn't even know what putt putt was. I didn't know this. How's that? Yeah. So my mom. Uh, so I think uh, with Humongous, like my, my my mom, like you know, uh, like like wrote uh, with uh, with Lori Bauman, um, putt putt oh. uh, and fatty bear. Oh wow, that takes me back. That's right. I thought she was. A, she's right. Did she write a Sherlock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, consulting detective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first right. issue with Laurie, and then uh, gaming then dynasty after... family. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Wow. I'm I'm, I'm dropping house. the ball currently. I'm just I'm just talking about it on podcast. So I got to get on it. That's your time. All right, all right. Let me answer these questions. So yeah, we can see this comes with time over with. Well, the the first one is this is a show where we we love to applaud. Uh, you know, we we tend to pull the trick of this is getting ranked highly because. Perhaps it hasn't been talked about enough, and we need a list somewhere talking more highly of it. Um, so, which Tim Schafer project is the mm. most underrated? Is the most deserving of a bloated uh, high mm. ranking so that people check it out? Mm. Interesting. I mean, sometimes Grimm only gets an eight when it should have. <laughs> no, outside of that, um, actually, like our least downloaded at least selling game is actually one of my favorite games that we ever made was is called uh happy action theater mm, which mm-hmm. was, uh, cool. it was it was absorbed by its sequel which is called connect party which is almost no one downloaded it because it was connect game, a connect <laughs> game. but it's, if you've ever seen it it's on the xbox 360 it was a really early days like augmented reality game mm. you show your living room back to you but we fill it with hot lava or we fill it with bouncing balls or we make pigeons come in and land on it or you replace your head with the blockers and all these things and um and for years every time my daughter had a birthday party we turn it on all the kids would be in the room because it just any number of players can get in here like mess with the hot lava or you know play uh, mess with the pigeons and just do all these silly activities more activities there were some games like breakout that you could use your body as a paddle and stuff mm. like that but mostly they're activities, but I've never seen anything I've made cause that much joy or happiness in mm, people. I mean, people, wow. adventure games, people like them, but you ever watch anyone play an adventure game? It's not, <laughs> it's not like they know, they aren't smiling. They're mad. They're angry. They're scowling and tapping their fingers, maybe laughing. <laughs> you know, like it's just, but this is such an outward display of just happiness and laughing. And, you know, your grandparents can jump in, the family dog can play it. Like just, they can scare pigeons, you know, it's yeah. just a, um, and you find all these fun things that the kids hid underneath the lava instead of trying to avoid it. Anyway, <laughs> that's one of my favorite, most underrated games. I would, I would that's love awesome. to have more people play that. Yeah. Bring back awesome. the connect. Uh, what was your, without commentary or explanation, what was your game of the year 2022? Without commentary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. 
It's a really good interview thing. question, right? Don't explain yeah. anything. Please say yes or no. Following question. <laughs> Don't elaborate, but <laughs> honestly, I'd have to say vampire survivors. Oh yeah, good that answer. Is, yeah. Good. I answer. guess I shouldn't comment any further. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, in terms of like hour, I played that the most. I played yeah. a lot of. I played Elden Ring, but I got madder at Elden Ring and, mm. and vampire survivors. I just kept playing. I'm still playing it. And I still like. Yeah, I, I always have time to fit that into my day, no matter where I am. Um. Oh, okay. I got a. This is kind of this is kind of a nitty gritty kind of Grim Fandango production question. Um, did you ever dance in preparation for making Grim Fandango? Did you ever dance a Fandango or go to a Fandango or play any Fandango music? Even better, I saw the movie Fandango. With, uh, <laughs> oh, Kevin Costner and Milton John music. So that's even. I mean, to show you how much. I mean, I did a lot of respect. I did a lot of research for mm -hmm. Grim Fandango and somehow never learned what the actual Fandango is. Ah. <laughs> Hmm. Wait, probably, wait, so... that's a gross overset that you're catching me on. Right <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not going to affect sales of the remaster. But, um, that would have been a great PR thing, like come dance yeah. and then go. Oh them. yeah, yeah. If, if it had come out during TikTok uh, era, then that's what you would have had to do, right? Everyone would have been doing the Fantango, the Grim Fandango. <laughs> stand by why I uh, look up what this looks like. I'm sure this would be great. Or Fandango dance. Look, you can find people still doing it to this day. Yep, yep. absolutely. Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> feet left right left right oh you turn left and then you turn right oh this looks like fun can you do it tim can you do it with tank controls that's the real question there yeah there you go okay. i just watched someone do it and they were like turn left not walking in arbitrary directions the turning is just <laughs> slower than in modern controls that's all oh great bring that up <laughs> <laughs> please without elaboration name the best control mechanism <laughs> <laughs> it's would you recommend and people play Grim Fandango with tank controls when they play it without tank controls are they going against your vision your wishes no it's fine it's, <laughs> <laughs> it was so it's hard to it's hard to remember for people but like tank controls were the business back then like yeah. Resident mm -hmm. Evil Lower Cross you know first Tomb Raider game um, like every game had tank controls especially yeah. as we got into 3D and the game that inspired a lot of the tech behind Grim Fandango was a game called uh, Bioforge Bioforge? yeah Bioforge um but just the, the you know you're walking through multiple camera angles, which is a real problem mm -hmm. if you play a, a Metal Gear Solid when you're running and the camera snaps to a reverse angle and you're pressing up to move forward. You notice your character is moving the wrong like, yeah. and then if you let go and then press it again, he changes completely. It, it's a tricky problem, right? Um, but that's how a lot of games like that solve it. But then Mario sixty four came out and you just push in the direction you want to run. And we're like, <laughs> at first I was like, that's too complicated a math. <laughs> how do you know where the camera is? How are you going to figure out the three D space is unsolvable by calculus? Right. But they figured it out. And they, there is an option to do that in Grim packed there in is. there. The, we called it Mario controls in the code. So that probably should oh, that's funny. come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I, I've heard that we have maybe possibly a, a last minute question from a contributor, Ezra. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Tim, I, I told uh, my son Caleb and my daughter Maya that, uh, you know, we've been playing the game a little bit all together, that uh, we we're going to talk to you. And so uh, uh, Caleb had this question. I'm going to record it. I'm going to play. I know. No, I, he knows that your name is Tim, but that's not how he addressed you. So, <laughs> I have a question for Grim Fandango. Why is the annoying guy? Why is the Why is the annoying guy's light not? Well, um, I heard it was annoying guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a, this question's actually about me. I have a question for Grim Fandango. Why is the annoying guy? Why is the Why is the annoying guy's light not? Um, 
scare away the sea monster that snatched him. Also, why is he so annoying? Really, <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem. Okay, it's so very annoying. Chipito, annoying. <laughs> yeah, he did not. He, the song, the so I don't know if Caleb actually had the like the reference point of, of this little light of mine. I'm yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So um, he did not. He did not love Chipito, uh, and he was wondering, yeah, wow. why did Chipito not? Um, you know, how come? How come the light uh, didn't keep Chipito from getting? Uh, you know, taken up by the octopus, and why was he so annoying? <laughs> um, that was his. That was his two point question. <laughs> that's the, that's part of the game we're at right character. now. He had a grouchy voice. Maybe that's annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes him think of certain authority figures in his life. Mm. Maybe he <laughs> didn't. Maybe Chipito doesn't give you what you want. Yeah, I think Chipito just he just like he's like we just want to like go to the pearl, and he just like he just keeps on taking laps basically, uh, mm-hmm. unless we had the right dialogue thing. And so like, and then he was singing the song. I think the song was really the thing that was uh, was was not. It was you know it's not the same bop it was twenty five years ago. I think that's the <laughs> <laughs> I didn't under a bushel. No. Um, yep. Yep. I mean that's fair. That's fair. But you do in the end get to tie Chipito to a rock, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And actually, that's where we. So we we've at the point where he's gotten swallowed up. Uh, so I think he felt good about that. We haven't gotten to the point yet where we realize that Chipito is okay. Uh, so he's. <laughs> Let me so, uh, also point out the he does keep at bay all the wild monsters and the demons mm-hmm. that are loose in the ocean, but the octopus is not one of those. He's a trained mm-hmm. um, service animal because he runs mm-hmm. the. Of course, he's an, he is also a submarine, and right. he is trained to pick people up out of the water and stuff them into his uh, belly. To, yeah. You know, he grabs the people that fall. And he pulls him in. That is his function. He's been trained. So basically, domestication by humans is why that happens. Mm. Oh, wow. so yeah, it's, it's it's people's fault again. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I was really hoping Caleb's question was going to be like, how do I get past X puzzle? Like, what is the solution to to this part? I got the 1-800 hotline right here. So I just, I figured I'd take, you know, the time to, to figure out what's the gold. Well, he'd be happy for. when he finds out at the end, he gets his CK, uh, Chipito again. Yeah. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he feels. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous for the, for the finale now. As well, now result. he thinks he's dead and annoying. So he's not going to like him more. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's came back. No, you're supposed to keep him dead. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's been a really good experience that we, we, we played. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're, uh, most of the way through year three. We, we, we also played all the way through, um, uh, data tentacle together. Uh, I think during uh, like lockdown, I think on my phone, and so it was a really good experience. So uh, okay. that part of it was a very good experience, I should say. Uh, yeah. Rest of the yes, the year had ups and downs, uh, but but that was definitely uh, a bright spot for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, your dad was there for Day of the Tentacle. He was involved in that one. Yeah. yeah no, it, it was I mean, a lot, a lot of good memories for all of this, and so it was really fun to like you know, to revisit these games and then just realize how much of my brain space they still took up. Basically, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> just cruising through all the puzzles still. So it's um, funny. A lot of these games have dialogue lines in them that you that stick with you, that you repeat to people, and then you have to give this big long explanation about why you have this phrase in your <laughs> life. You know, like that like, just happened in our me? recording for this. Hunter was trying to describe a puzzle. I was like, well, first I have to describe why they race giant cats. So this is going to take a minute. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, what's a line like that that gets stuck in your head that you feel like you end up having to explain yourself for? Sometimes it's just like the way that um, actors read a line, like um, Ed uh, from uh, Dead Tentacle. When you talk to him, he's like, are you making fun of me? <laughs> I'm just saying that all the time to people. Um, I forget the line, but we got the reason we got Elijah Wood in Broken Age um, was that he was a big um, uh, Fate of Atlantis fan. Mm. 
Or the one before, or India, actually, or the one before that your dad worked on. He was, and he had a line from that. I can't remember the line, but he has a line from that him and his brother Zach always say to each other all the time from that game. So just wow. stick with you. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, we, we actually we played uh, Broken Age together, my, my, my son and I also awesome. um, on, on the phone. Yeah, we had like, I guess we had like a, um, it was like a, a Tim Schafer, like, you know, uh, combo pack apps uh, that we got for some kind of deal. So thank, yeah, thank you for putting it. It's your obligation. Yeah. If your dad started my career, <laughs> you should. Yeah have to now you're responsible you have to play the game <laughs> gotta support it gotta keep the game uh, we have going one absolutely <laughs> yeah. and, and kids it's fun to watch kids play adventure games because they get frustrated the first time but they like to play them again because mm -hmm. they know all the solutions they're like yeah, yeah i got this watch this <laughs> monkey wrench that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how i am I, I i i just want the cheat codes on as fast as possible yeah especially with grim fandango where the the narrative and plot is so much fun that you're just like i don't know you can just, just enjoy that <laughs> Uh, yeah well uh this was this was really cool thank you so much tim for like oh, i was dreading you asking really about sonic adventure i was like oh, oh yeah oh i forgot about not, okay sorry i got lost that. i should not have brought that up <laughs> no i have no idea what you're talking about oh you don't know about <laughs> you know what sonic adventure is right like i, was, I mean I, I recognize that phrase but i've not played that game <laughs> that's not for my era i was busy you were you were so 2001 it came out in 2001 2001 on the Dreamcast, or no, Setting no, it came out before 2001, yeah, yeah double 1999. Super busy, no time for Sonic. <laughs> so no time for Sonic Adventure. Uh, yeah, sorry, we, we, sorry everybody, we had to cut the Sonic Adventure question for time. Uh, Tim, <laughs> obviously, probably a huge fan, but did want to get into it. You know, <laughs> what right. a bit too much, you know. To talk I'm working about. on a speed run of it. And I don't want people to steal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no problem. Tim, thank you so we'll much for joining us. Yes. Dad, and your, and your, Will do, Tim. Mom, Thanks so much. Your family. Yeah. Will nice do. Awesome. Meet you thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye bye. If you like me and Hunter talking about stuff, uh, we also talk about stuff on uh, our other podcast, uh, Best Thing Ever. So you can find that at bestthingeverpodcast.com or just you know search for Best Thing Ever. I think actually if you search for Best Thing, you might even get it. So uh, you know, yeah. if you don't want to type those last four letters, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we talked about Halo. Uh, uh, Hunter didn't love that, uh, how that went, but also Hunter did a great, great job talking about uh, Waffle House as well, though. Um, we, yeah. we cover a lot of stuff that could be the best thing ever. You know, we do uh, My Neighbor Totoro. We've done trees, uh, just all kinds of things, and we're definitely we're gonna redraft. I think our new um, our new season will will definitely have like another video game that that I'm, I'm gonna be pushing for as well. So wow. yeah, lots, lots of good stuff. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like this show, except for like with a wider range of things, ranking every single thing that exists. Yes, we are oh. ranking. Yes, we we saw your ranking. Yeah, it's a little more attuned to like an adult's taste you know like we consider a little more than play things for children you like know? playing halo with the boys that's like yeah. that's not that's not a thing you would do right i would never play halo with the but not at that not a, i mean i'm 33 i could be playing halo with the boys although you know i mean i'm not i'm i'm un, i'm an unmarried single person Childless. and i have no children so every day i just yeah. kind of pal around so why do, not do whatever you want <laughs> yeah as 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 compared to some of the other people on this podcast i i'm just free i i am myself potty trained uh -huh. and so therefore my potty training is complete this is a lot of fun guys i really really yeah really appreciate this well, it's, thanks it's really for coming on ezra it was it was yeah. great to to have you and to to just rank this with you i mean i think it's fun to have someone with like a deep history with these um important classics i mean i, I think that's something i 
I lack on so many of these games. So getting to hear from people where it's like, uh, this was my life. Uh, so mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, you know, let's do that some respect, maybe. It would be fun to every season or so check in with more of, because you played a lot of these games. Like, and like there's, there's even other people from like that we can call on besides Tim, you know, to talk about the things that, that they've done. If you'd be down to yeah. do this, like every once in a while, like I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Basically, no, I I would love to. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I um, I mean, and I, I worked like, yes, I mean, I'd love to you know, get my dad on, get my mom, mm-hmm. yeah. my mom on. Um, I talked with uh, you know, Ron Gilbert when we were working on like the uh, Return to Monkey Island uh, yeah. game. So I, I got to like play test that um uh, on, on the way, and um, yeah, like I, I would love to, love to sort of uh. I know this is a big part of my childhood, so I, yeah. I, I yeah. would love to be able to share it. Yeah, if you ever do an episode on EverQuest, that's going to be the other one that that would be like uh, what? Yeah, what? I lost Uh-oh. like a, a year, year and a half of my life. I feel like to EverQuest. Uh oh. So, the EverQuest episode is going to be the biggest episode of the show ever. Just so you know, that's <laughs> and, and and before you said that, that was true, and now we have another angle yeah. on it. Oh dear. Um, yeah, so my mother and my stepdad met on EverQuest, and my entire family was addicted. Lived in my entire family lived in the woods in outside of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and just played EverQuest. All of them, the um, the entire. I bought it. I was like, oh, I'm, I know about this EverQuest thing, and then everyone in my family just stole it from me, and so oh we're going to have to somehow do a mega episode about EverQuest <laughs> where. We somehow sum up the entire game, but also my mom has to be on it. Uh, you have to be on it now. You just volunteered yourself to be a part of it. Yeah. Like EverQuest 2 to me is like that as compared to like something like Final Fantasy 7 or Doom or Quake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not a it it is a game that I feel like is not talked about enough where we could actually do a service of like putting more uh more about this game out there because i feel like it doesn't get enough credit mm. uh, for what it did uh, and, and that's actually that's that's the game that broke me from gaming for a while also as well where it's just yeah. like you know what i can't be trusted with games so. <laughs> yeah no i i watching my entire family uh do that uh also kind of soured me on like it's not like my perspective on it on it is definitely not EverQuest is cool. No, it's, it's a little bit not cool, actually. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, man. Like, wow. like, and when I say entire family, I mean my entire family. Like, oh my gosh, like, like cousins, my siblings, my parents, or not, not both my parents, but my mom, uh, and then eventually my stepdad, uh, my uncle, everybody. And they're all just like weird Arkansas people, and they were all playing EverQuest. It was so strange. <laughs> like, it was like I introduced like a like a virus to a community. Yeah. And it, like, <laughs> they, had, they had no resistance to this. <laughs> <laughs> Old Gamer's Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. I've been secretly watching all your board games in the background. I really like Burgle Bros. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
I we uh, we saw I saw in your Double Fine documentary you have a, a, a oh, you, fun did show. You, have you haven't finished that There's, yet? Have you? No, I've not. Uh, I I have. I, I'll I'll throw in one last question. Do you have a couple favorite board games? Because we have a, our other yeah. we have another show that's a board game podcast. But, yeah, we're so yeah. Like, we have yeah, sort I mean, of cross got, audience stuff. You can see it start during the documentary. Everyone, uh, uh, I just started getting board games. I get more and more and in the documentary. They're still in my office because there's a phase where you think you can just have them on your regular shelves. <laughs> yeah, I got like five board games. It'll fit right before you go buy an IKEA Calax. <laughs> and stuff, games, but I because I, I started playing because my daughter was um, uh, looking for something. She was at, joined the chess club, and I was like, "Oh yeah, chess! I'll play that with you." Except it's kind of boring, isn't it? it was, and and so I started finding games like Sushi Go and stuff to play with mm. her. And so lighter, yeah, Family Sushi Go. Always, they've always kind of stuck with me. I still I still really like them. Like um, Jamaica, I love playing Jamaica. Yeah. We were playing the pirate racing game, super fun. Uh, Tobago was a yes. game about finding hidden treasures um, on a map with a jeep. And you can replace the Jeep with micro machines to really make it look. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Rising Sun, the uh, Eric Lane game. Yeah. And I love like every Reiner Kinsia game. I love Lost Cities and um, like, he made, he's made so many great. Yeah. That's what I like. I like games that have kind of simple mechanics that are just have so many crazy choices mm -hmm. to make. Right. That are very, like, I think his games do that really well. We're uh, we're big leader games people, Root and uh, Oath and all that stuff. And then our other right. show is about Twilight Imperium, which is just a nice, simple, easy, quick I've little game. I've never played that game. Yeah, I'm that's been, okay. <laughs> so, there's so many games that are like, when people talk about it, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you better know what you're doing. Like, no, don't lift with your back. Lift with your yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little intimidated by those. Someday I'd like to play it. Yeah. I definitely have friends who can chirp me through that, but I not willing to commit the well, weekend to that's it. you know well, what that's a perfectly acceptable excuse <laughs> well and also tim we have 296 episodes of a podcast about <laughs> it would take you i mean roughly ten thousand hours at this point but that's how you become well, you'd, an be, expert, you'd, you'd be an expert yeah, yeah. yeah. okay makes He's sense just pilot imperium yeah isn't that yeah, gross? Isn't that bad? Show about. Yeah. Like when you, okay, it's time for episode two. Wait, what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> like, like do you do session by session and who won? And are you go deep and I actually take it I don't want to know. Tim, yeah, yeah, you're you're calling in sort of the, the the largest trial of our life is figuring out the answer to why we keep doing that. So you you you're asking the right questions, I would say. <laughs> You do the roll and ride game or whatever. Do the we've yeah we did it. one yeah. episode. We did one. <laughs> we did one on that. Two hundred ninety five on the other one. Wow. Yeah, you don't want to get too much variety in there. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. <laughs>